Welcome to the Winning Edge Investments Podcast. Winning Edge Investments provides industry-leading horse racing and sports betting tips, ratings and education, enabling you to invest intelligently and treat your betting like a business. Go to www.winningedgeinvestments.com to learn more about how you can start to supercharge your betting bank immediately. Treat your betting like a business and invest intelligently with Winning Edge Investments. Today on the Winning Edge podcast, we're joined by Gold Coast trainer Michael Morrison. G'day, Michael. How are you, mate? Yeah, good. Thanks, Brad. How are you today? Yeah, very well, very well. I thought we'd get you on the show to talk about your career and um, obviously being a, a new trainer in the game, how you how your career started, how you how you got to where you are. Um, firstly, tell us where it all began for you, mate. Um, look, I didn't grow up following racing or any sort of racing background uh, family-wise, so I sort of lucked into it. Um, I was working for the Commonwealth Bank, had a mate there that uh, was a pretty passionate punter and uh, sort of you know followed him in a few times to the races and, and just fell in love with the game that way. Did you find it hard coming from a – or not coming from a horse racing background or um, – n- Not knowing any difference, I probably don't. But I guess when you do see the, the guys that sort of have the family connection, um, obviously I think in terms of being able to be noticed or, you know, getting the name out there is probably that little bit easier for them. But, I mean, they've still got to work hard to get where they are and, um, you know, can never begrudge anyone in this industry success because it's hard at the best of times. Do you still do you jump on the horses at all, or is that the uh, domain for the jockeys? Yeah, I'll leave that to the expert. <laughs> yeah. uh, I've done a couple down at the beach, but uh, that'll that'll be where it starts and ends for me. Yeah, <laughs> how'd you find it? Oh, it's good. You know, like you, you sort of. It, it was the animal that I fell in love with first, even though it was sort of an introduction through punting. Um, and you know, to get up on top of them and and just have a bit of a, a sit on them is always always enjoyable. So coming from the punting background rather than the horse. Uh, riding side of things, do you find that you have a better idea of how to place horses? Or, oh look, it, it probably uh, you know even though I, I got into it through punting, it, it's probably not my strength to to uh, be truthful to you. So, um, although I enjoy it as a bit of fun, uh, you know look, I've still been able to understand the importance of being able to place your horses well, um, getting them into the right races, etc. Um, it was something I guess in my previous job that I helped a, a lot with. Uh, but at the moment, it's sort of an area where my record probably doesn't show that I'm doing it that well. But um, I've also got to work within the sort of frame of the, the horses' abilities that I have and, and where I want to go with them. And also, you know, listening to the owners and where they want their horses to be uh, placed, uh, you know, when they go to the races. Yep, yep. How many horses have you got at the moment? So I've got 20 in work uh, pretty well all the time. Probably about 30 to 35 on the books. Uh, managed to purchase six yearlings already this year. So uh, all that's sort of coming together quite well. And so you start, well, you, you got your first job on the Gold Coast with Michael Costa, is that right? Yeah. So basically, um, I was in a situation where I'd been working for Glen Logan Park for over four years and, and racing was my passion. And I just felt like I needed to probably get back into it if I wanted to make that my career. Um, so we moved down this way. Uh, Michael had only just set up here on the Gold Coast. I felt like I had something I could bring to the table for him in terms of helping him get where, where he wanted. And, um, you know, it was just a really mutually beneficial uh, situation where I think we, we both got a lot out of it. 
And he's obviously gone over to Dubai, and I think he's going quite well over there. Do you still keep keep track of how he's going over there? Yeah, keep an eye on what's happening over there. And, yeah, they've done a really good job this year considering also what they were – the base they were working off. They didn't have a, a lot really there to work with. So, um, yeah, they've got some really good results. And um, you got a few horses which were formerly with, with that Costa Stable, including the Ritz, probably the, the main one. Yeah, I've also got She Can Sing there. Um, obviously, she was a, a stakes-winning filly um, back then, but I've just not had much luck getting her to the races and, and had a couple of little injuries come up as well. So she's um, due back at the trials in the next two weeks, um, coming along really nicely. I think she's over those injuries, and, and even this long break um, may resurrect her career because when I did get a hold of her, I'd, I'd realised that she hadn't had a proper spell for nearly 14 months. Um, and those couple of starts she had for me, uh, you know, when, when I took control of her, she just raced a bit flat. Um, so I think with this, this long break that she's now had, um, she could really sort of hit her best again. Um, so really looking forward to getting her back to the trials. And, yeah, the Ritz, he's, uh, you know, a special horse to me uh, in a lot of ways. And uh, to bring up my first Saturday Metro winner with him last Saturday was just really exciting and uh, something I'll never forget for the rest of my life. They're your two best horses in the stable, She Can Sing and the Ritz? Yeah, in terms of uh, performed horses, but I, I really like the uh, few two-year-olds that I've got coming through. I, I sort of realised that I only got 20 sort of horses out of the dispersal, so to really survive even the first 12 months, I needed to bring in some new blood. Um, so I got to the sales there last year and, and sort of really tried to buy towards the, the budget end of the market. Um, Managed to pick up a couple of horses that were more likely to be three-year-olds and, and get over a bit of ground, one by Adelaide, one by Prized Icon, um, and another by Ace High. So uh, the Prized Icon's already been to the races twice, and he's just going to make a really lovely three-year-old. They were just educational runs. Um, but the, the other two-year-old that I've got out in racing at the moment is Himiji. Um, he's actually second favourite in, in town uh, yep. for Saturday. Had the, had the one run there. A fortnight ago was an absolute disaster, um, but for him to be able to finish as close as he did with everything that he did wrong, I think he's really a, a horse of the future. He's got a nice barrier on Saturday, barrier one. Um, do you like his chances? I do. I just think it's going to come down to how much he's learned. He's still the, the most inexperienced horse in the field in terms of trials and, and racing and that side of things. Um, and the amount he did wrong last time, he's going to need to improve a lot to, to get it right. Um, so look, it's just, he's there to, to get the education down pat and, um, look, I'm, I'm confident if he does get things right, he can really show us, uh, something special potentially. Any gear changes or just going into the race, uh, the same way you did his on debut? Yeah, look, I kept the same gear, but I've made a gear change within a gear change. Um, it's sort of, I had the nose roll on him first starting he's a horse that just gets his head up and, and does a few things and, and looks around a bit too much and I put that on there for focus but what ended up happening was when he started to over race he he sort of became a bit distracted by the size of the nose roll that was on him um so I've gone to a smaller nose roll and I've just used that in his track work and and he still still gives him that focus um but you can see that he's got you know no chance of really overreacting to it like he did uh first up quite a few of your horses have the nose roll, don't they? Not, not as many as Moody's, but um, am I right in saying quite a few have it? Yeah, look, those sort of horses that do tend to get their heads up or also don't sort of stretch out as well, I like to use it for. I just feel like it gets their head into just that bit more of a neutral position. Um, you know, they've got something 
to, to look over instead of, you know, get their head up where they can still see where they're going and, and you know, not have that uh, ability to, to focus them and, and really get their action right. Um, and I feel like, especially these young horses, it, it's even a good training tool. And, and, you know, I might use it early in their career and then take it off once I'm happy with uh, where, they're, where they're at. Yep. And you've also got, I think, Dioro on Saturday at Doombin, uh, better run last start. Yeah, look, he's, uh, he's an out-and-out stayer. Um, I knew I wasn't going into his first up run this prep as well as I was first up last time in. Um, so we really just went around there at Sunny Coast on the Friday night. Um, I knew he had good improvement coming into his second run. We put the blinkers on as well. Uh, Bailey gave an absolute peach of a ride and, and you know, saw out the 2200 absolutely spot on even second up. I know we're dropping back in distance here uh, on Saturday, but look, I think uh, we might just chance our arm a little bit and roll forward. There doesn't look to be too much speed in there and knowing he'll, he'll be able to outstay anything in the field and now he's rock hard fit, uh, he could give us a bit of a sight. And he was uh, whacked in betting uh, last run, wasn't he? Was that stable confidence? or? Yeah, I think a few of the owners like a bet. Um, they were probably going into a bit more confident than I was. But, uh, <laughs> look, he, he showed up, which was the main thing. And had he been able to settle a little bit closer or even uh, Bailey said, look, if I got off the rail just that little bit earlier, I think I could have made it quite interesting. So he's yep. still a horse that's green as grass as well. When he went, went for him under full pressure, he had no idea what to do. Um, so, you know, that also cost him a little bit there as well. Yep. And on Sunday, you've got uh, Fiddler on the Roof at Sunny Coast? Yeah, she's been coming along really nicely. Um, I didn't have a, I sort of inherited her last prep midway through her, her training, basically. Um, so she was doing a few things wrong and overdoing things, and, and I just was patching her up to get her to the races uh, last prep, whereas now I've had the full prep with her. She's done everything almost perfectly from the get-go. Um, we were meant to trial Tuesday there at the sunny coast, but uh, in the wisdom of racing Queensland's uh, guys, they decided to ballot us out of the trial and, and give preference to horses who were five or six starts into their campaign. But I'm not sure what the story was there, but I think that's going to probably play in her favour now that I've had a really good think about it. Um, she's not the best traveller, so to go up to the sunny coast twice in a week might have just been a bit too much for us. And um, look, she had a really good gallop there on Tuesday. Yeah. and. Going to need a bit of luck from the barrier, but I'd really probably like to get her ridden a bit colder so she just learns to conserve her energy that bit more. She does go a bit too hard um, if she is seeing fresh air. Yep. And, and just back to the horses you bought at the sales, um, it seems you're focused on size which get over a bit of ground. Is that uh, a bit of a plan? Yeah, or? look, it, it, it's just I enjoy training those types of horses um, and I don't feel like I'm pigeon pigeonholing myself too much because... I've been able to get these uh, horses with these staying pedigrees up and going as two-year-olds. So I, I feel like if I get the right two-year-old type, I'm going to be able to do a, a similar job with them. And, and with that es- extra precocity, um, they're going to be able to deliver as two-year-olds. So I'm not trying to pigeon my whole, pigeonhole myself in that way, but I do enjoy them as horses in, in general. Like I enjoy uh, building them up to their races. I enjoy those races over that sort of distance. It's, it's just something that you know, I guess you're going to do a job that's as hard as this. You might as well try and get as much enjoyment out of it as you can. Um, and, you know, that's really my passion. So, uh, you know, hopefully it'll show in results over the next two or three years. And there's always a bit of a gap in those, those distance races in Queensland, isn't there? Like we always say, it's the same horses rolling around every week and those 
2,000 metre races. So um, it makes sense to try and get some f- fresh blood into those kind of races. It is. And, and it, what, what I have found a little bit tricky and, and what the case was with Adela Humor last prep, you know, she got through those first two or three grades really easily, being just such a naturally gifted stayer. Um, but then when you're taking that next step, you've got to jump three grades almost to, to do it. And I just felt like it was hard to place her properly once she did reach that level. But now that I, I sort of know her level, um, I think this prep, I can get the placement right from the start, knowing, knowing what she's got uh, and, you know, be able to get to those better races in better shape than what I was last time in. Yep. And you've also picked up a horse called Bias from Bjorn Baker. I, I know Michael Cross had a bit of success getting horses off Bjorn. So um, uh, how do you think he'll measure up? Yeah, look, I mean, not the angle I was really playing at the time. That what I did know was that I, I knew the horse very well from his early days up here. Um, Michael purchased him as a yearling from Magic Millions for one hundred eighty thousand. Um, I got to be heavily involved with his early career. Um, knew, know that he has a ton of ability, and and that's always hard to find his horses with that ability. Um, I think up here in easier grade, you know, he should measure up to that sort of midweek to to sort of city class. Uh, Myler, um, and I just think, you know, I can see him doing a couple of little things wrong in his races, and I hope with maturity that will improve. Um, but also, you know, the, the way I sort of train them, I do train them to relax quite a bit, and uh, I think, you know, this guy should should certainly benefit off, uh, off training that way. Looking at the, the at riser, he's got a suspension on him for being uncompetitive, which seems a bit harsh given he... Won his last two before that poor that one poor run. Yeah, look, I think that's a complete pencil job. That run um, before I purchased him, I made sure I looked up as much detail as I could on the race and the sectionals he went in front were were absolutely crazy. Um, he was carrying a bit of weight for a three year old, and as he was getting tired, he got absolutely chopped in half at about the three hundred. And the jockey's done the right thing, looked after him, and just eased him out of the race. So I'm not looking too much into that. I'm, I'm more worried about sort of what he was doing before that. Um, he was very competitive over shorter trips in strong provincial maidens and then went and won two country uh, races quite easily. So that sort of form stacks up quite well up here. Um, he's probably coming up here with better form than, say, Vivenzo came here with, who you know I've had a, had a reasonable amount, amount of success with, so I think he'll definitely measure up up here. Is he out spilling now or is he ready to race? No, he definitely needed a good break after that campaign. I, I think it would have been quite tough on him being a first racing campaign too. I always find those first racing campaigns are quite tough on horses. Um, so he's having a good break now and, and I think he should be back up here starting pre-training uh, early next month. That's good. And um, the Goldies are a pretty good place to train these days, a lot of developments and things happening Yeah, there. look, to, to be blunt, with you, it's very tricky at the moment. Um, we've only got the poly track to train on and, and it just doesn't suit all horses um, and, and that's the, the long and the short of it. So I've had to adjust things and, and I think, you know, that's that's definitely shown in the results of late where I probably haven't been as consistent as possible until these last few weeks and, and the last few weeks I think are, are bearing the results of this change in way I've been preparing them. Um, the horses have been running a lot more consistently and even though I haven't been sort of knocking up too many winners, I've been definitely finishing in the top four range a lot more consistently than I was, say, a month to eight weeks ago. Um, but what it is going to be is it's going to be a very good facility in six months' time and it will probably be the envy of, of South East Queensland once it's all up and running. And, and so we've just got to show that bit of patience and 
you know, a bit of give and take. Um, and I'm sure, you know, once we get there, we'll get the results that we deserve. Yeah. And um, well, there's six more months of the poly track. Is there any 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 hints and tips for punters out there on on if they're having a bet on that track? Yeah. Look, you probably need to look towards horses that will settle on speed. Um, that pretty well goes without saying. Um, and probably just good strong riders. Uh, I find that um, you, it's a track you've got to get rolling on, and and people obviously aren't used to a style of racing where you can be three wide early in a race and still keep going. Um, it, it's more yep. along the lines of, say, your American dirt racing, where you want to be a bit out of the kickback and you want to just keep rolling and, and just try and get as much momentum as you can. Um, so, you know, if, if a horse gets three wide, they can still have every chance um, because they get their momentum and they're able to keep going in the straight. Is there a horse from your side which loves the poly well, track? at the or? moment, uh, Zuri Zuri's going quite well in the maidens, around here and, and she's absolutely got a hoof on the till and, and ready to win one and she's just a horse that I've always had a good opinion of but lacks confidence and in her races she just was never really finishing off and, and, and didn't really have that killer instinct whereas for whatever reason she's getting her confidence running in these races on the poly and, and you know last start nearly beat a, a pretty nice three-year-old um, from the Freedman stable called Wise Legend and, and almost probably should have won so She's a horse that will be going around again next weekend, um, trying to get Bailey Wheeler on, who's absolutely in red-hot form at the moment. Uh, I think that sort of combination should make her hard to beat next time she steps out on the poly here. And there's some big-name trainers um, up on the Gold Coast at the moment, isn't there? What's, what's the vibe like there with a bit of new blood and a uh, feeling of growth around the corner? Yeah, I think, I think it'll really start to happen once the new train tech facility's done. Um, I know there's interest from few interstate trainers and even a couple from up in Brisbane that just set up some stables up here, um, take advantage of the location more than anything in terms of being able to target races in Queensland and, um, you know, especially carnival time having a base. So, uh, you know, they've seen probably good success with Chris Waller doing it up here and, you know, they're going to try and make the most of that as well. So I think you'll also see not only the ones that we've already got up here, but you'll see probably a few big names starting to set up here um, as these new facilities start to come online. Yeah, definitely. Exciting times. This is a bit of uh, pain and disruption for the next couple of months, but um, the, the long-term benefits will certainly be worth it, I'm 100%. sure. And then, you know, it, it, was, it was well overdue, so it needed to happen. And, and you know, we've just got to bide our time and um, do the best we can with what we've got at the moment. And then, yeah, like I said before, really reap the benefits once it's all in play. So what, what's the plan for Friday night racing there? When's that expected to well, kick in? Well, they were talking next year, but they've actually think they might get it up and running late this year, which would be, uh, I think, a massive boon for the racing around here. Um, I think in terms of uh, the social aspect of it, it'll be you know really interesting to see how that works. Um, and personally, I'm looking forward to not have to take horses up to the sunny coast on a Friday night to, to find some races <laughs> because it is really a tough trip on horses and, and horses don't necessarily perform when they go up there on a Friday night and bounce back quite strongly once they, uh, you know, find their, their next race. So it will be nice to be able to have that sort of racing in our backyard, um, like I said, from the social aspect and the club aspect in terms of building their uh, profile and, and finances. Uh, I think it'll be really successful. Awesome. And just before we go, mate, um, what's the plans for the Ritz and She Can Sing? Anything uh, you've got targeted? Or? The plan for She Can Sing is to get her back to the races in tip-top shape. That's all I really care about at the moment, um, <laughs> considering what she's gone through. You know, so 
once once we get these first trials under our belt, I'll be able to make a plan from there, going off what she shows and and you know how much more work she needs, etc. Um, the Ritz, I just thought it was good. Tommy, he's so good second up that I just thought, geez, if we have the time frame to be able to do it, we might be able to go back to the Coffs Cup again, um, second up, and and really give it a red hot shake again. And and I'm going to be able to do that. So I tipped him straight to the paddock after his run there at Eagle Farm and uh, put into play a bit of a plan that I've got for him. So um, be great to go down there, maybe draw a gate this time and uh, take the chocolates instead of going home second. <laughs> did you did you try and get him in the big dance race? Yeah, well, that was the that was the goal, and and they ended up creating a race called the Little Dance, but. That's right. We, yeah. we went down for that, but I just knew going down there, we probably weren't going down there in the best shape that we possibly could. Um, so this time around, I think that if we were to win or run second in the Cost Cup, I think it would just be straight to the paddock and, uh, and get him ready for either of those two races. Sounds like a plan, mate. Well, best of luck with those two. Best of luck with the rest of the stable. And, uh, yeah, thanks for coming on and having yeah, a chat. brilliant stuff. Thanks for having me. At Winning Edge Investments, our team of highly skilled expert analysts and full-time professional punters review the data, crunch the figures, assess the best betting opportunities, and deliver them to your phone via our app and your email inbox in real time so you profit. Go to www.winningedgeinvestments.com, look at our membership options, make your choice, and enter the promo code PODCAST to receive a special 25% discount on your first membership just for listening. That's P-O-D-C-A-S-T in capital letters for a 25% ongoing discount on your first membership. Treat your betting like a business and invest intelligently with Winning Edge Investments.